1: High noon on a Friday afternoon that can only mean one thing around these parts. It's time to go inside the electric factory at Steelers Blitz on SNR. Our good friend Christopher Carter hey. is back with us. And again, just looking to fly for radio. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm doing this for other jobs, but I appreciate it because
2: I love to look fly.
1: The hardest working man in the Pittsburgh sports meet. Well, I mean,
2: besides myself. Yeah, of course, of course. You you, you get get the title, but like, I'm, I'm the, I'm the runner up. I'm the, I'm the guy coming in second.
1: I'll take. I mean, you know, I'll take. If I'm, if I'm first to you or second to me, we will take it because you and I both out here putting in work. Yes, sir. We will be with you here for the next two hours inside the electric factory. You already know the drill. You want to chime in? Get at us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. A fun. Jam-packed show for you today at one o'clock. We'll have Carter's classroom as we always Woo. do. Before we get out of here, you know we'll get that paper and show you the money. Show
0: me the money. And
1: also, Fridays a new tradition <laughs> get, here on I the gotta, show. I gotta love it. We'll do our version of the "Here We Go" song, Miami edition. Oh gosh, which will be the second inaugural. I, I didn't sing one last week for the bye week. You how, know, how <laughs> are bye week guys? They're just a cupcake, anyways. <laughs> But we will have a special edition of the Here We Go song before we get out of here, and I know Carter's excited for that one.
2: I mean, I've been hyped about this ever since you first told like told me about it, and then I heard it, and I was like, oh, wait, can I be on one of these shows? I just want to be in the studio as you as you're doing this for us.
1: Well, ask and you shall receive. We will do that today as well before we get out of here. But we start today with some positive news, Chris. I think it's fair to say. Certainly, uh, we know that the Steelers have been Snake bitten this this year, if you will, in the injury department. They the injury bug has uh, has come to Pittsburgh like the flu bug, and uh, and popped up all over the place. Obviously with Ben Roethlisberger and Stefan to two mm-hmm. huge pieces out for the year. Huge. Juju's been banged up. Mason Rudolph missed time. James Washington missed time. Stephen Nelson, Joe Hayden, Mark Barron, Mike Hilton, Jalen Samuels, Rosie Nix, Vance McDonald, T.J. Watt.
2: Th- did I miss anybody? Nope. I think I think you got all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's probably like a coach or somebody that twisted their ankle in practice too. With the way
2: things have been going I mean, here, I mean, shoot, it's been it's it's kind of been that way for the Steelers this year. Every time they think they're getting someone healthy, someone else goes down. I mean, they were they were almost at the point where Justin Lane had to start at cornerback this pat this yeah. past week with with uh, against the Chargers. So it's uh it, it's been a rough year for injuries, and the Steelers have a rough time with injuries. I mean, how many teams have lost that many players? I mean, first you know everyone always talks about they didn't capitalize. on on the Killer B era, but how many playoff runs did they get the full Killer Bs for every That's game that a they great played? Point. The only one was the 2017 year, and that was when Ryan Shazier, their defensive MVP, went down. Like they have they they have not had uh, they did not have a single playoff run where they had all their superstars available to them and. I think that's that, that defines part of the era, and they're still going through that. And that's part of the NFL. Everyone goes to that. The Eagles know that when they lost Carson Wentz. Of course, Nick Foles came in and led them to a Super Bowl victory. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a serious problem. But I think the good thing is the injury report for the Steelers this week, looking up.
1: Yeah, encouraging, without a doubt. Mason Rudolph, full participation. James Washington, full participation. Yeah. Steve Nelson, full participation. Joe Hayden. Full participation. Mark (laughs) Barron, full participation. Uh, Jalen Samuels, full participation. How in
2: the world is he back? Where did he go to fix his knee? Germany. Germany. Wakanda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Vance McDonald, full participation. Mike Hilton, full participation. And even TJ Watt limited but participated in practice yesterday. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did not practice. The good news there, though, is that that's not – at least what the Steelers are telling us, related to his lingering toe injury that he's had, it's actually because he's picked up an illness, which you hope, you know, a couple days of rest and some vitamins and and an extra day playing on Monday, he'll be good to go. This is encouraging news, Chris, uh, particularly, I think, on the defensive front when you see Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden full go, Mark Barron full go. They're going to need those guys, uh, particularly in the absence of Stephon Tuitt and maybe not as imperative this Monday, but certainly going forward against the Colts and against the Rams as they try and claw back
2: into this playoff picture. Absolutely. They, they, they need their arsenal of players to be available. If Jalen Samuels is already back... Holy smokes. That take that puts the offense at a different level than I thought it would be available for in this uh, in, in these next few games. I I, didn't, I honestly wasn't counting on Samuels being back until maybe the Colts game. Maybe. Maybe the Colts game. If he's back for the Dolphins game, I mean, sheesh. Now you're talking about, hey, let's go back to those those sets where we had two running backs and they would flex out into the slots and yeah. force you to cover guys that could be receivers um that 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 adds a lot to it. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, they said he had the sniffles. You know, it, it might have been something like that. So I'm not too worried about that. But James Washington being back now, you can finally get back to the trio of wide receivers you want to succeed in Washington. Uh, uh, Juju and uh, Deontay Johnson and have those guys out there. I, I think it's. I think there's a lot going, going for them. The biggest thing is, though, they need T.J. Watt to be out there. I, I know that Ola Adini is exciting, and they, but you, you need him to be out there. For, and, and you need Ola to be depth. You need him and Elliot to right. be backing you right. up. You don't want Ola on the starting line and into Elliott to be your first guy that you call in. Um, but at the same time, you also do not want to risk T.J. Watt further injuring himself and getting to a point where you're going to lose him for several weeks this season, In, especially against a team that, by all means, they should beat without T.J. Watt.
1: Yeah, uh, no doubt. They should, You know, regardless of the status of a lot of these guys, still be able to take care of the Miami Dolphins, but it is encouraging to get them back to know that hopefully this can be a a get-right, a confidence-building, a comfortable-win type game for a lot of guys on this defense. And the offense and as the well, offenses, too. Mason, Rudolph, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph, obviously. I, I'm glad to see Vance McDonald was a full go as well, too, along with, like you mentioned, Jalen Samuels and Rosie Nicks. On the defensive side of things, what stood out to me, though, Mark Barron, full practice participant. Yep. I think that's important because, again, who knows how much they're going to do this week against Miami and what they're going to show and, and kind of how they might hold some things close to their chest in that regard. But now in the absence of Stephon Tuitt, I think there's a real chance we see more of those three interior linebacker sets that we saw against the Chargers with with Big Red, Madakevich out there. And now that you've got Barron, you've got Vince Williams, and you've got Devin Bush fully healthy, I think that's a much more realistic option too.
2: I agree. I think I think it's a much more realistic option because now you got guys. Well, you you know Williams as much as he's a, a run stuffer and a guy that you throw in as a battering ram, he can also do well in coverage. Remember, he was the first guy that intercepted Tom Brady for the Steelers since like Chris Hope and Shay Townsend. Yeah, that's true. Like, so like, Vince Williams isn't your premier coverage back. But he is a good coverage back, and oh, wait, that's what the, about Joe
1: Hayden last year?
2: Joe Hayden, uh, uh, well, so Vince Williams got it the year before Joe Hayden. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. right, because uh, that was the that was the Jesse James game. We that's don't talk right. about the Jesse James game, yeah. Uh, but, well, uh, but Jesse but, caught it. That's always. Yeah. It. <laughs> but my point is, with Vince out there and Bush out there and Barron out there, you can run some of those sets. And and I, I still I still maintain this, and I've been saying this for a while. Barron has been struggling. He has not been getting the numbers you want in coverage. But I think a lot of that has been due to just them kind of figuring out how everyone works together on the defense. Having a bye week, having some time to watch more film, to get to know the guy each other better that might start to change around for them. He might be starting to get into the comfort zone as far as how far do you drop, do you drop back in these zones. How, what what receiver do you jump on in this situation? I mean, some of the times, he's just kind of done done a little too much because he thought he had to help in a situation that he really didn't. Uh, there was a pass to Mark Andrews in the Ravens game where he kind of jumped all over Mark Andrews in one spot, but in doing so, vacated his zone, and then Andrews just ran right past him. If he just sits in, in his spot and lets Bush cover him there, they, they, they probably would have had, had that play locked down. So it's just... Chemistry moments where you're kind of like, eh, you know, they, like, you know, I get that you were trying to make an effort play there, it just didn't work. You know, we'll we'll try again next time, and I think that's where they're kind of at right now. They're just they're just kind of moving forward with that, and I think that they can make that progress. So yes, it is big to be there. Also, I I gotta say, Wes, of all the intangibles, I'm I'm not a big intangibles guy. I'm I'm always about X's and O's, and every Sunday, you know, any Sunday, somebody can can can, can catch a whooping. But <laughs> but the Steelers are facing the 0-6 Dolphins. I don't think they've lost to a team that's 0-6 or worse in the Mike Tomlin they era. Not. Uh, yeah, in they In fact, like,
1: actually, give me a second here. I got the numbers right here in my notes. They are in the Mike Tomlin era. Yeah. 15-2 uh, and two on Monday Night Football.
2: Undefea- eight, undefeated at home
1: on Monday Night Football. Undefeated at home as well, too. 8-1 and as 14.5-point favorites. Wow. And the only loss was the Bruce Gragkowski game what early you know. in Tomlin's tenure. And to be fair... That Raiders team finished with five or six wins that year. Yeah, they
2: they they, they turned it on late. So
1: they were better than right. than the Miami Dolphins of this year, than the Cincinnati right. Bengals of this year. Right, four and zero against zero six or worse teams. Yep. And six zero against Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: Yeah, that's to say Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they're undefeated in their color rush uniforms. Ooh. They got superpowers, y'all. I'm just playing, but but still, there's so many things that just add up. This is going to be the confident win the Steeler Nation has been looking for. I just uh, the only thing that can derail it is if you know if, if people start like doing summoning circles or or or, <laughs> or people that that have bad reputations start picking the Steelers to win. I'm like, whoa, 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 stop! Hey, hey, you stay over there. So I, I think there's a lot of different things that just you know just hey everyone just be be cool relax and enjoy some Monday night football but the biggest thing that that leads into this is that they have so many people getting healthy
1: it's fantastic on the offensive side of the ball too i'm glad to see james washington full participate cuz they're going to need something. if they want to get to where they want to go this year right which is still playing meaningful football in december they're going to need something from james washington and this could be you know we talk a lot about get right games and things of that nature could it be for Mason Rudolph and James Washington this Miami Dolphins defense giving up over 400 yards a game on average? Yep. Over 9 yards per pass play on average, which is just astronomically bad. Yeah. Their secondary is not good. No. Could this be what what Instead of what
2: could this be? Let me ask you this: What do you expect from Mason Rudolph and James Washington in this game? Well, I, I expect. Well, first, the first of all, Mason Rudolph, I just want to see where his head's at. Like, you sure. know how how you know how are you looking downfield? How are you processing? And are you panicking? You know, because he says he's fine. He says he's good. But you know, you can say that. But then, when you're in the moment, of after you know, and, and he says he doesn't remember the hit. But when you're in the moment of you know on the field, you can think it. You can you can practice it. But when you're in that moment, you know this guy could hit you. That that determines like, hey, you know, how good am I? And I think Mason's good. I think he's going to be fine. But I want to see like, is he ready to chuck the ball forty yards downfield and take some shots on, on this defense? Because the Dolphins have been historically undisciplined this season. That they're, that as well too. Yeah, they're, they're they're giving up big plays. I you know I, you know I was uh, I've been I've been looking at the Dolphins. I, we had a, we had on our Locked On Steelers podcast. We did a crossover with the Dolphins guy Travis. Travis was telling me he's like even Xavier Howard who is a very good cornerback and one of my favorites to watch in the NFL. He said he has come out of his own shoes in, in, in this season because he's been trying to make up for all the other deficiencies in the secondary. Right. And what's crazy is that not too long ago you thought that secondary was going to be elite because they had Minka, they had Xavier, they had Rashawn Jones. you know, And Rashawn Jones is still there, but he's even he's not making the kind of plays. And he's hurt up right now. There's a good chance that right. him and Howard might miss this game. If both of them do, this is air it out. This is Mason Rudolph, hey – I know you, 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 you've you been checking it down a lot. I want you to take your shots to James. I want to see you two connect because you guys haven't done that enough this year. I think that this is the game that he does that.
1: On Twitter, at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. We got some rolling in already. Our buddy Mark says, I can hear Moats reminding you it's dirty red, not big red, when you're talking about <laughs> Meta Kevin. I'm just trying to be nice, you know. I don't like to call guys dirty. Right? I mean same come here, on. same here. But thats I'll leave that to Moatsy because he's shared a locker room with that guy before. He can call him whatever he wants our <laughs> our friend thrash metal guy as well uh good to hear all these players back and to practice particularly on defense he also adds i think it would be pretty cool if we had arthur and chris on the show at the same time this season that would be cool, but I, I hope he means with me as well, too. You're not trying, to, not trying to push me out here, are you? But yeah, we might have to do a little roundtable. We could potentially have a little roundtable today as well, too, when we do our picks or show me the money or get that paper at the end of the show. There's the potential. Motes is traveling today because he's calling, uh, doing color commentary for his alma mater, JMU, this weekend for their homecoming game. If it works out, potentially with his travel schedule, we could have Motes calling in for the last segment, so, uh, so keep... Uh, Keep an eye on that, and then I know you're seeing it from David already, our Photoshop king here. <laughs> that was amazing! a Star Wars Photoshop <laughs> of me, you, and Mozi and I think are you Princess Leia?
3: In no, this I'm picture? Luke. So this, this okay? Is, Am so I first Princess of all, Leia? No, you're
2: no, you're you're Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay, this and is an and a this, is, Solo. this is them when they got when when they got captured by the. Uh, 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 by the by, the Death Star in the opening one because like Luke is Luke is over here. He's still dressed in his Tatooine stuff. That's definitely me. You're Obi Wan Kenobi because he's still dressed like a Jedi. And this is like when Han Solo is trying to it. F- trying to fight the. Yeah, never tell me the odds. Yeah,
1: exactly. This is
2: brilliant. Again, think, you
1: could see it on Twitter. Although, at Leslie
2: Euler. Uh, if I'm wrong and I am Leia, that's messed up, man. Why couldn't I just be Chewie?
1: <laughs> Don Juan asked. Don Juan asks. Uh, any thought process of resting TJ this week against the dolphins
2: and saving him for the colts and rams game i i think if if he feels this is this is one of those things you trust your players if he feels he's ready to go and you're seeing him on the field and he looks 100% okay let him do it but if if, if you're a trainer and you're seeing him not getting off the ball well you i think you do got to save him you do got to protect your guy he is your he is your ace edge rusher right now i, I think that you cannot afford to risk him if he's not playing at 100% if he is playing 100, like if everything looks fine in practice this week, and like because because also remember we're we're basing everything off of a Thursday practice report. Sure. This Thursday practice report is in effect the Wednesday the Wednesday rep- practice beca- report. because they play Monday, not Sunday. So so today Friday is like their normal Thursday, Thursday the right. big practice day. Exactly. So if if, if T J Watt looks good today at the Steelers facility. Then that, then I think that changes a lot of things, and that says you know what he's he's good to go, and you know, and then and then Saturday, you know, you're talking about like you know just see how he continues to to, to look going into the week, and they do their walkthroughs. I think that they have a really good chance to get him back this week with the fact that he was limited, um, you know, yes, uh, yesterday, and that he could practice in full today. We'll get those, we'll get those news later. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's it's all about how you know is he 100 percent? If he's not, if he's even 80 percent, no, sit him down. Start Ola, work, get tell the defense to work of those around it. Use
1: three interior linebacker exactly. sets.
2: Exactly. Use more of those sets where you're not going to be asking Ola and Bud to drop back into coverage as much because that's one of the beautiful things about Watt and Dupree. Is they are just, they are so good at just reading each other and knowing when to drop back and when to blitz. Take that out of consideration when you're doing with a guy. Just now you have those three linebackers in, you have that. Just tell them, hey, Rush the
1: quarterback. Right, just pin your ears back in one job. Do that job. I, I think so too. And particularly again, when you consider the opponent, much easier to just simplify things. We're just getting started here. Christopher Carter in for Arthur Moats in the Electric Factory on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Carter critiques. When we come back here. Another guy who you heard us mention on that injury report, one Roosevelt Knicks, is back. What does that mean for the run game? What does that mean for Mason Rudolph and James Conner and Benny Snell? We will get to all of that when we return inside the electric factory on a Friday having some fun. at Steelers Blitz
0: on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Chris is all fired
3: up in here. no
0: matter
2: what, you'll never take that from me. Oh, man, it's Kanye and his new album's out. Oh, man, you got me pumped with that, man. Amazing's the jam. Chris was losing his mind during the commercial (laughs) break there. New Kanye West album on a Friday.
1: He's fired up. We got the people fired up here, too, already. Some good reaction rolling in. Mark asks here, could we have a Carter's classroom with a breakdown of a player on offense today, Mark? It's like you're reading our mind. Oh my gosh! How did the, he saw? He saw our notes. He saw the show. How, prep. how did? How did you see our? Mark, uh, what Mark,
2: do you have? A, do you have a camera, a GoPro setup? I'm looking around, are? man. I don't see any cameras yet, Wes.
1: <laughs> we will have a breakdown of an offensive player a big, in Carter's classroom. A big one, Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh yeah, at one p.m. So don't go anywhere, uh, King Dussie. Also asks here, uh, did Vinny play on the edge early in his career? I'm assuming he's talking about Vinny Williams. I don't think officially. No. Like he might have taken a few snaps or something there, but I don't think it was ever it, like a Lawrence Timmons
2: type situation or anything like that. It It was, it was more so like... He would, if, if, like, not even Lawrence Timmons, it was more so like, hey, we're coming with different edge rush. We're going to put, we're going to come with a, an exotic blitz. So we're going to line Ooh, you up out exotic. here. Exotic. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what, that's what those what really mean. Does that are. mean, like, from the rain, from the rainforest? Uh, yes. From that, the that, Amazon? That, that, that's exactly what it means. We're going to blitz you all the way from Brazil. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, but, Basically, like, you know, because there's times that Ryan Shazier would line up outside and rush from that angle. It just, they try to, you know, do better with with certain angles and present different threats and force you to think in different ways. But, no, he was never a traditional, like, hey, we're going to line you up outside. Don't forget, his first games were as a rookie six-round draft pick because Larry Foote and then I think his backup went down. Um and they were they were really stressed or was it was it foot or was it was it Timmons I because I remember that Williams I mean, filled in for somebody in right, 2013 right um but I, and he and he looked solid that was the thing like he looked solid very early so um so Vince Williams no, he didn't do that but he, you don't want Vince Williams to line up outside you want him in the middle. Plug in from B gap to B gap. You know, I you know, I want this guy in between the tackles, and when they're trying to run up in there, he's taking on a lineman, he's taking on the fullback, he's turning people back around, and if they're pass if they're passing, I want this guy blitzing. I want him crushing whatever running back that tries to get in his way. I've I've seen very few, if any, real running backs stand up to Vince Williams.
1: And speaking of crushing and breaking face masks and people who like to stand up to Urgh. others.
2: Rosie Nix is back. There, yeah, That's a big thing. People, people need to understand that that is a that is an actual thing. Could we see... It, we know, right, a, a lot of the um, fact... There's a large
1: faction of Steeler Nation. Uh, the old school faction, but I think some younger people as well, too, who are always clamoring for more of a traditional power run style, mm-hmm. right? They don't like to run the ball out of shotgun. They don't like the sidecar handoffs. They want Ben Roethlisberger or Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges, whoever it is to line their butt up under center, bend down underneath Marquise Pouncey with Rosie Nix and James Conner or Benny Snell behind them and turn around and hand off the ball where Rosie can get ahead of steam. James can get ahead of steam in that traditional kind of power run fashion. Is that a more realistic option now with Rosie
2: back in the fold? Absolutely. I, I think because that was the thing is that the strength of having those type of plays was having a fullback that can plow people over and when you got power runners like Connor and Snell. That's the way that they want to run. Now, when Samuel's is out there, I, I really think Samuel's benefits from having those stretch kind of plays yes. where he gets out wide. It's the lightning and thunder, right? It's exactly, and that's the combination that you force defenses to honor. It's like, okay, again, this is this is what good offenses can do. They force defenses to think. Okay, who's out there? All right, we got to get ready for this type of run. Or we got to get ready for that type of run. And and then and then like while they're considering all that, then they still got to consider what passing uh, concepts that they're going to have to defend from different angles. And when you can have that 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 mix and dynamics. With your ground game It can really work Now the thing is You have to make The ground game work That's what they Haven't done yet But with Roosevelt Knicks That puts a guy Into the mix Look at me rhyming I got my Kanye <laughs> going um, Yeah Sunday service hey, Sunday service Friday service still, With yeah. Chris Carter <laughs> But, uh, but you, when you got Knicks Connor always just You see the way He runs when he has a, when he has a back to follow when he and not just a back when i'm saying a back like a literal back like the back of someone's jersey he runs so much so much stronger because he's like i don't have to pick a hole he's got my hole he, and he's going he's going to take somebody and i'm going to just hit this as hard as i can i think that's really going to benefit his style as well as benny snells so this is a huge thing for having roosevelt Knicks back even if it's only 15 20 plays in a game sure you know another area that
1: i think again even if it's only 15 20 plays that could start to have what would probably appear a smaller effect at first, but could snowball as, in, as the season goes along in these last 10 games. And particularly, too, I should mention, in the absence of Ben Roethlisberger, a guy I think, if you look at the numbers at least, it's pretty clear, has never loved, has never been crazy about play action. Yeah. I think with Rosie now back, with Mason under center, with that real power run game a true possibility, right, that's got to
2: open up Options in in the in the um, in the play action game. No, I I agree. When you when you do succeed on that now, and here's the thing. I, I think with a lot of teams they have played, maybe not with the Dolphins because I think they're just all over the place. But a lot of those defenses they played early, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Niners, they were gonna they were selling out on the run anyways. They yeah. were saying, "Hey, come beat us through the air." I, I think it's more so you got to set up the pa- the run with the pass hit hit a few plays deep and then show that hey they do have a passing game we have to honor and then the running game's like okay and now we hit you in the mouth. So uh I think that I think that there's a really good chance that they that they could show that sort of balance. In fact, Dale Lolly wrote about this on DK Pittsburgh yeah. Sports a very good article that I recommend recommend you go read right now. Um, but uh yeah, he when, when you look at the Steelers' offense, they haven't really established anything yet. You know, they've they've made some big plays here. They they ran the wildcat against the, against the Bengals. They you know and they've done some things right here and there, but they still haven't shown. Hey, we can run the football on you. Or hey, if you if you are really aggressive, we're gonna hurt you with our quarterback's arm. And because we do have good receivers, and we'll get into the whole Juju thing later. Because I've I've had a lot of people say, Oh, he's not a number one receiver. He's not a number one receiver. He he, he is. He certainly is. He's now he's not Antonio Brown. And people are like, Well, see, he's not, he's not Antonio Brown. He can't. Even you know what? You have to understand, Antonio Brown was on a historic run that no one else has ever had in the history of the NFL. Just because Juju Smith Schuster is can't do that right now, doesn't mean that he stinks. Right. Like that, like there's a big difference from that. Juju is still getting open, and that's what our classroom will be at one o'clock. So Ooh, stick around for that it. as we break as, as as we break it down. Teasing it.
1: Uh last one as it relates to Rosie's return specifically. And again, if you want to chime in on this conversation on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. You expect Benny Snell to get even maybe an increased load, and and obviously this relates to Jalen Samuel's health too. But after we saw from Benny last week in Los Angeles, seventy five two weeks ago in Los Angeles, seventy five yards on the ground, do you expect him to get more of an opportunity, more of a spin on Monday night?
2: I do. I think I think it's I think it's gonna they're, they're, again. I think they're gonna try and get everything going. This is the opportunity. This is the Dolphins. You know, yeah. Like, listen, Lamar Jackson threw what five six touchdowns on these guys open 52 points right right, right. they they
1: 44 bu- was a 47 50 50? S- something like I think that. it was a 50 burger i think it
2: was a 50 burger i hate using that term. yeah I, I don't understand where did that come from by the way i, I just hear it all the time it i just... don't
1: know but you know are you familiar with the, the dan levitard show on yeah, yeah, yeah. radio how they do a lot of goofy polls and mm-hmm. stuff on their show one day over the summer they had a <laughs> um a poll on their show about person who seriously uses the term 50 burger are they a jerk or an irredeemable jerk
2: so I'm a jerk basically yeah
1: but no yeah I mean I have redeeming
2: qualities I think you certainly do
1: Chris come on man give yourself a little more credit than that I think you're right I mean we've certainly seen a lot of opportunities to gash that Dolphins defense whether it be through the pass or or on the ground
2: absolutely absolutely I think that's what this game's gonna be about they're going to present opportunities they they have not they have not played disciplined football no. they've had some games where they're competitive but this is going to be about can the steelers offense make the plays and and, and i'm I, I know a lot of people say oh the coach and the coach and the coaching, the coaching. I'm telling you, there's so many times that plays are on the field and they're just not made. Randy
1: Feener said that after the Niners game.
2: And, and and that was the case. I mean and You've it,
1: been saying that. You watch a lot of film. Matt Williamson, our yep. our cohort here on yep. SNR, who is a all twenty two disciple, yep. uh, has said that the plays are there to be made, that the wide receivers, it's not like they aren't getting separation. Right. It's just maybe this is something you and I talked about last week. Mm-hmm. The difference in for for Duck and for Mason, particularly and Duck's first year in the NFL, Mason's first year as a starter, getting significant playing time. Yeah, that difference between college open and NFL open.
2: Exactly. It in the in, again and not and not just college. Big twelve, where it's they're they're airing it out for real. When or you,
1: like Duck was at Sanford exactly. when he's breaking Steve McNair's FCS passing record. Right.
2: When you're getting when you're getting guys that are getting that are getting three, four yard separation instead of one or two step separations. It's difficult to make that adjustment in, in your brain to think, hey, he's open when all your life you've been looking for guys that are open in a, in a much bigger fashion. Right. So it takes time to adjust. and I, I I think we brought this up as well. Dak Prescott went through the same exact thing. He came from Texas AM. He went to the Cowboys. Mississippi State. Oh, thank you, thank you for the correction I there. I don't okay. know why I said that, said to, <laughs> said that, um, but he but he came from college. He play, he played he played ball, and you saw early on he was only throw throwing to wide open guys. He based himself off the run game,
1: leaning heavy on Zeke.
2: Exactly, but now. He's throwing a little bit. He's hitting those, those passing windows. He's making more plays. Now he's looking like, hey, he really could be the franchise quarterback for your for your organization. I don't know why I thought Texas A and That's okay. But- <laughs> SEC, yeah, it's all the you know
1: same church, different pew. SEC. Yeah.
2: But but the point, but my point is is that you saw Dak Prescott's progress, and I would say that Mason Rudolph graded higher coming into his draft than Dak Prescott did coming into his draft, and that Mason Rudolph has weapons around him at the receiver position that Dak Prescott did not have. He didn't have a young Juju that was that was ready to, that was ready to go off. He didn't have James Washington who who played with him in college and could could develop into something big there. He doesn't have a guy like Deontay Johnson who oh, I think is going to be a huge surprise for a lot of people very soon. I Pick think him so up too. in fantasy if he's on your waiver wire. I think he's going to start producing for you. You echo Bob Labriola's sentiments on that one. Oh, he's, yeah, he's been saying that for a little while I here. He, Cuz he gets he gets separation. Yeah. He gets he knows the routes and he, I think it was Hunter Homestack on our website to talk to him and he said like it's easy to me now. Like when when a rookie hmm. says that I like your confidence, young man. No like I, I I like this. So that's what I'm saying is that Mason has weapons. He has an offensive line. The Steelers have been have given up the fewest sacks in the NFL. They've yep. only given up five so far. And, and part of that's yet yeah, because they're throwing shorter passes and they're and they're protecting their guys. But still, there's other teams trying to throw short passes and they're getting sacked more. So um, I, I think a lot of this is 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 a very good place for Mason to grow and that you can expect him to start understanding what throwing to an NFL receiver is like compared to a college receiver.
1: Dom Juan lets us know it was 59 to 10 rat birds in Thank that you. opener
2: in Miami. So almost a almost. 60 spot. Uh, hey, Way to save yourself, because then you would have been an irredeemable jerk if you said 60 burger, apparently.
1: <laughs> Jason here, this is a good one. He said, You guys, hey, we got him thinking about movies and football here. So which franchise has let its fans down more? Star Wars with The Last Jedi, Game of Thrones with season eight, or the 2019 Cleveland Browns?
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to say Game of Thrones season eight because I actually had high expectations for that. Unlike I've had for the new Star Wars movies, and I thought the 2019 Cleveland Browns were a seven-win team when we predicted it before the season. So I'm going to go Throne season eight. But
2: those are all pretty good ones there, Th- by those, Jason. That's a very good list. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Throne season eight. Every everyone was mad, and and there were even like my like my my sister and and and, uh, and, my, and my brother-in-law they were telling me like the whole time, like, no, 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 they're going to, this, this, this is going in an okay direction. Like they were yeah, trying no, to believe that they, they were it's trying not. to believe that the ending was hey, going to justify like Pirates it. fans. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> it was, it was basically like, Hey, so what if we're, if we're selling off our best players, they're going to figure this out. They know what they're doing. Trust the process. And then it just burned out at the end. They were like, yeah, we were just wrong the whole time. But, I disagree. Last Jedi wasn't like oh, a, 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 wasn't a big those. No no no. It uh, wasn't a great film or it nothing. Was, it was but it was it was acceptable. And here's the thing. It was acceptable based off of how Star Wars films have been for a while. The only new Star Wars film that I've actually like liked liked was Rogue One. That was a What about Solo? No. I didn't like Solo. Okay. I, I watched it and I was kinda like, and I love me some Donald Glover. Like you when they put Donald Glover in the like, oh, I'm gonna go see it now. Giles Cambino's the man. But uh but yeah, like like and last Jedi when I saw it, I was like yeah. Okay. Cool. Like, but it didn't burn the franchise for me the way that the way it did for some people. But like, you know, like, uh, what what did we just Game of Thrones? I almost called it Lord of the Rings because I was just like, ugh. but uh, but Game of Thrones. I felt like that, but. It, it, for us, it didn't. burn it, The Cleveland Browns haven't burn, burn, burned, burned, and burned us. But for the fans, now here, I think that's the real question. Oh, which fan base feels right. the most because, burned? Because there's plenty of people who probably who thought, probably thought, you know what, Star Wars has kind of had its run. They right. need to get off this. This saga is more that they're of a on.
1: nostalgic thing at this point, right? And and, and that's
2: the thing. It's just loyalty that people that oh, they're no that they're doubt. banking on right no now doubt. for people to continue to go into these Star Wars movies and make the money that they're making. But it's it, I think it's the same thing with with Cleveland. It's like you know. Outside of the of Brown territory, a lot of people were saying this team was done. Now, unless you were a person that was just hype off of you like Odell Beckham Jr., you like Baker Mayfield, okay, but like plenty Miles of people. Miles Garrett. Right, Miles and Garrett. The you know, and they have talent on their roster, but anyone who studies football yeah. knows that the Browns know how to mess things up. And that offensive line stinks, and it stinks. And, they got and a first time head coach, not a first year head coach, no, a first, first time, time at any level, first time at any level. And, and he's and he's looking confused. Like, you know, it'd be different if he looked confident, and they were they were saying. But there's plenty of times he's it'd looked be, lost. It'd
1: be different if Pete Carroll was the head coach of that team. That and would and change a lot of things. And they were two and five. Yeah, that would change a lot or of things. Or John Harbaugh, right? Or Mike Tomlin, yeah. Or Frank Reich, right? I, I mean, a, some, a lot some of guys.
2: somebody that knows how to turn a team around in a bad knows situation. How to manage all those egos exactly, feels. and and say, hey, you, you. Know, I run. I run this this, this place. Uh, so uh, that that's that's where I I I agree with the sentiment that the Browns could be for Browns fans. Everyone else, we're kind of just like this is what we expect. It's true. That's a good point by you on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Carter critiques.
1: All right, Mister Carter, it's showtime. Woo! Speaking of show business, you know with Game of Thrones and uh-huh. and, uh, and Star Wars, we got a new tradition here on the show where we sing a here we go song a little a little parody of the classic Steelers here we go song where I rewrite the lyrics for the Steelers upcoming opponent if you are familiar with the show we did this before the charger well it kind of happened organically with no music or anything ahead of the Ravens game I made a, a joke and a comment because Motz and I were talking about that song and I'm ad-libbed some line about how here in Pittsburgh we like french fries and coleslaw not crab cakes and so it became a tradition and so who am I to deny the people what they want here Mr. Carter so here we go your here we go song for the Steelers opponent this weekend well Monday the Miami edition of here we go
3: Here we go, Pittsburgh's gone to the Super Bowl, here we go, cheer the Steelers, back in the gold, here we go, this town of Pittsburgh's heart and soul, here we go, the Steeler Nation has the best fans, we are from Pittsburgh the six-time Super Bowl champs, here we go. Here we go. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) Here we go, go. Pittsburgh's
1: gone to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Yeah, the bye week was all good fun. But now there's serious work to be done. Here we go. Another win. That's all that we wish. And come Monday night, it's time to stomp on some fish. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Steelers.
3: Here we go. Steelers, here we go. Two more verses, baby. We're just getting started.
1: <laughs> you know Miami is trying to tank. When lists in seven games, that's where they rank. Dolphins fans have seen an exodus of talent. And Monday night, Minka's dropping the mallet.
3: Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Steelers. Finish strong here. Here
1: We We all know Miami is a bad sports town. They got beaches and sunshine all around. But what they'll need Monday night is some ice. Because after they come to Pittsburgh, they'll be rethinking their life. Here we go. Here
3: we go. Here we go. Stellar's. Here we go. Pittsburgh's gone to the Super
1: Bowl. Here we go. Here we go. Week, s- s- eight. Eight? Week 8 edition of your Here We Go
2: song, Miami version. Mr. Carter, what do you think? I got bars or do I got bars? Listen, man, I- I've never heard talent rhyme with mallet. <laughs> that was pretty that was pretty impressive, sir. I think Lil Wayne would be proud yeah, of that. Yeah, Lil one. Wayne was like, yo, call that West, you little kid. He's, he's like, like, wait, wait a like, second, I've been doing this for like, years, yo, like, I never oh, thought, to- like, like, let me open my notebook right quick. That's uh that's pretty good, man. Like <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was so lost where you said talent. I was like, What the hell is he gonna run with this? <laughs> Oh boy! Talent, I like I like the stomping on fish. That was pretty. That was Not pretty bad, good. Huh? That was pretty good. Rethinking their life, Dan. That hurts, brother. That hurts. They gonna need they, some ice come the, Monday night. Oh my gosh! I mean, Miami did have its run. They had the heat. They like like they yeah. they big bought their titles. They, they, I think they can live off that hey, for a little while. Hey, the
1: Marlins as back and forth as they are have won what two World Series in the last 20 years. Yeah,
2: like Miami, I mean, they're they're in a rough spot right now, but they've had the, they've had their runs. I think they've had some very impressive I mean, And they had the Hurricanes for the for the longest That's time. True, the so, they they they've they've had they've had a lot of good times, but right now they stink across the board. They are they are Tanking. Watch out for the heat, man. Harold's coming. He's coming for y'all. Tanking for Tua, and we'll see how
1: that goes for the Dolphins. There it is, your Here We Go song, Miami edition. Ask nicely, and maybe I'll sing it again before we get out of here oh, at the, gosh. At oh, the end gosh. of the show. But coming back here, we spent a lot of time talking offense and, and guys that are returning and guys that are getting healthy on the offensive side of the football we want to have that same conversation on the defensive side of the football and now in the absence of Stephon Tuitt, what's that look like for the Steelers Monday night? We'll get into all that as well as your reaction again on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Car- Carter Critiques. <laughs> I'm going to say Carter's Classroom. That's coming up at 1 o'clock. At Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. You are inside the electric factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Chris, the people love my song. All She Needed, was some. My people love my song. <laughs> Paul chimes in here. Love the Friday editions of here. We go. Some good writing there, man. Keep this going. Don't <laughs> worry,
2: Paul. It's not going anywhere. We It's, it's you, Listen, that that slaps, man. You could do that. You could do you could keep it. Man. I like it. We we like to laugh. We like to have a good time. It was a, yo, I was you know? I, I I don't know if y'all can hear me, but I was cracking up <laughs> over here, like I was, and at the same time I was like, like you can't see my face, but like you know, like if if you guys ever watch like rap battles, like like freestyle battles, <laughs> and you know, like when someone does something really good, you give a stink face, like like that was <laughs> that was nasty, and, like that was what I was giving to Wes. Is like like when he, when he when he ranked talent with mallet and threw Ryan, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick in there, I was like, what what <laughs> like I never saw that coming. I was expecting some basic things about Miami and like the fish. I was like, okay, that that was a gut. That was a... But, man, you reached in your bag for that one,
1: bro. Listen, Jason says here, please don't quit your day job, but the song had him rolling. You know, I'm not going to quit my day job, Jason. I promise. But I did, you know, before I wanted to do this radio, sports media type broadcasting, you know, TV, radio when I was going into college. I did. I mean, originally I wanted to be the next Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, man. I mean, or the next John Mayer, or, you know, like one of these guys who could just get up there with a guitar and just mm. rip and sing. Mm-hmm. And you know my father's a violinist in the Pittsburgh Symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Shout I out. quickly I quickly no, learned that a little was, humble brag when man. I was about 16 <laughs> years old that that wasn't going to happen. for me. <laughs> I went to this music thing up uh, at Boston at uh, Berkeley, uh-huh. which is a big music school in, in Boston. And let's just say the other 16 year olds were a little bit better at playing guitar
0: than I
2: was. <laughs> Well, man. Once you get to that level, I, so I went to shout out to all. If you're listening from this and you're a, a graduate of Kappa, I went to Rogers Kappa, the middle school version of the Creative Performing Arts here in Pittsburgh. I played trumpet, man. Like, like I did, I, I, I was really good at elementary school. I got to middle school, I stayed decent, but then, like, you know, I looked at the high school and I basically had like they said, hey, you can just go here if you want. But I was just like, man, like I don't know if I could do that my whole life. That's why I respect people that like, like your father that, that does the violent thing. That is so impressive, dude. To, to do that. I just there was at one point I was like, I need a break. I'm just I can't do this, uh, he, you know, my my entire time. He practiced time, six, seven, eight
1: hours a day yeah, yeah, that's from the just, time that he was 12 until he graduated college. That's a, that's a serious dedication and yeah. a lot of respect to those guys. He's in Europe right now. The symphony's on a two-and-a-half-week European see, tour. See, and,
2: and see, that's the thing. If I had stuck with right? him, maybe I would.
1: They left Wednesday. Here's what his next two-and-a-half weeks look like. Germany. Austria, Switzerland, France. Jeez, yeah. Just a nice, nice
2: gig if you can get it. Yeah. yeah, So maybe I should have stuck with the trumpet. (laughs) But then I wouldn't be here doing this thing wonderful show with you, Wes, and listening and talking with all of our viewers. I, you know.
1: I had that realization that, all right, I, I, I love music, but I'm not good enough to, to play guitar and be a heartthrob up on stage. I love sports, but I'm not good enough to play professionally. All right, what can I do here? Well, you know what? I think I could gas back behind yeah, a microphone a little bit. You could be a DJ. Just drop drop that drop that beat real quick. On Twitter, at Wesley Uler, at Carter Critiques. I know you had two guys on the defense
2: specifically that you wanted to talk about, Bud Dupree yes. and Joe Hayden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing is with Bud Dupree, a lot of people always get on him, and it's become— the natural thing for people to reach to when they're just upset about the Steelers. You know what I'm talking about. Like when the Steelers are losing, even if it's by three points and it's in the middle of the game, like the game's not even close to being over. It's just the first quarter. Oh, and you you feel like you need to, oh, I need to attack Mike Tomlin. I need to attack this guy, that guy, you know, whoever's the scapegoat. And Bud Dupree has been one of those scapegoats for a long time. You cannot say that about this year. He has played extremely well. Bud Dupree is coming off the edge and playing disciplined across the board. What I see from this guy is, you know, traditionally Bud Dupree's always been, hey, I'm explosive. I'm gonna get around the edge. Right. I'm a, I'm gonna use that explosiveness to capitalize on, um, you know, on 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 a slow offensive tackle. But he's been doing that, and he's been challenge- He's been taking sharper rush angles. He's been getting in after people. I, I really liked what I've seen out of, out of Bud Dupree, and I wrote about this on Carter's classroom. That's not what the, today's Carter's classroom is. We're doing we're doing juju today. So get ready for that later. So stay lit here in about ten stay minutes. Lit, but um, but when I when I look at um, you know when when I when I look at Bud, like there there were some plays where you know he would he would use his inside hand to shove an offensive tackle and then shed them and rip under them. Um, there was one play against the Niners where, in fact, it was the um, it was Minka's first interception with the Steelers. Was only interception with the Steelers, but um. You know, he—it it was a play action. The the line reached the other way, and Dupree, knowing that he had his edge, but he couldn't play too wide out because Edmonds was rushing in outside of him. As his tackles, you know, right doing a right reach, he just stays with him. He just stays with him, covering his gap. And as soon as he sees that it's play action, he takes off after Garoppolo, which forces an early throw, which forces Joe, which which leads to Joe Hayden tipping the ball, which leads to Minka Fitzpatrick intercepting it. He's done a lot of those moments. He also has three sacks in six games. That's a pace for eight sacks. That's where I had him having to be for this year. If he had eight sacks, I think he would earn himself the contract and free agency that would pay him uh, the the money that he needs to be paid for the rest of his career and get him going in the NFL after a rookie contract. I, I think it's going to be hard for the Steelers to keep him, yeah. especially if he keeps playing at this level. Some He's going to realize, hey, I, I can get paid on the upper market now, but also knows he's comfortable in this defense. Maybe they can work out something for hmm. the future, because I know people are looking at it like, well, the Steelers only have $3.9 million in cap space, but if you you got a B's dead cap coming off the books. Well, next no, no, year too, that, right? that's including. AB. Oh, really? Like, yeah, because, even for next year. Well, because of the Hayden and the and the Ben deals. Oh, that's true. Those, that's those, true. those tacked on. Now, every year, you know, the Steelers are going to restructure. They're going to open up some space like that, so you can tack on probably another five mil from restructures. But then. Anthony Chicklo will be coming off the books. He's 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 due like six million. That that that's that's gonna come off the books. Mark Barron, if he's not playing well enough, that's five million off the books. Mon Creep. That's another five million off the books. And then you can still get people like Jordan Barry who are like, you know, are you really worth 1.8 million? I don't know. And they might keep Jordan Barry, but there's a lot of guys that they could that they could talk about and be like, hey. We can make space here, or or to give them deals like, hey, we're gonna keep you a little bit longer, but we're gonna spread this money out because we you know you, we can't afford to, play, to pay you this this, this amount of money. Sean Davis and Artie Burns could be gone. Yeah, most I, likely will be I, gone. I, I think they are gone. I think Hargrave's gone, and that's yeah. that thing. Like he's
1: another guy like Bud who stands to make a lot of money he, here in these yeah, last ten I games. Just,
2: I just I just think with the way that, that they could play, they they could really earn themselves a good eight, nine, ten million dollar contract from some team out there because teams get desperate. I mean, think back to to Kelvin Beachman, Chris Hubbard. I mean, right. even, I mean, and just, teams have
1: cap room in this league. Yeah, it's not like the NHL or the NBA where almost every team spends
2: to the limit. Like the cap in the NFL is huge, right? And there's a lot of teams with a lot of room. Exactly. And, but let's let's talk about one of those players I just mentioned there that's taking up a lot of cap space, and, and that's and that's Joe Hayden. And I wrote about this for today at dkpittsburghsports.com in my Carter's Classroom column. Go there now, check it out. Um, I, you know, the whole point is that I I really think Hayden is due for some big plays. He's got. Some he you know people look at him. He doesn't have an interception yet, and despite the Steelers having the second most turnovers in the NFL, he hasn't he hasn't really uh, been. out. he's contributed to one of them. His breakup against the Niners led to that makeup Fitzpatrick interception, but it hasn't been because he's not. You know, working hard in coverage or he's not sticking to his guy most of the plays that he's given up are plays where he it's designed for him to give up inside leverage because he's doing zone or he's working his his receiver into where there's supposed to be another zone like I, I was talking about so in it I go over a play where he was guarding Um, I think it's Kevin Bork or Kevin Bourne Kendrick Bourne for the for the Niners and it's an it's a sort of crosser route and you see that everyone's kind of in man, but then there's no one back in zone to back up the man, and there's only four rushers. And that told me that he was expecting someone to be in the middle of the field so that when I'm pushing this guy to the inside, I'm pushing him to help. But there was no help there. That gave a big play. And that was one of the longest gains that he gave up. It was for 22 yards. But when you look at other plays... Um, where he where he's you know even when he's he's known when he when he's had outside leverage but he's known that hey I I've, I've got to bounce in inside and help out that's what happened with the Minka pick he was playing outside zone and then he saw the the in route he jumped it and and as soon as the ball came he put his hand right on the ball bounced up into the air Minka picked it off um, and then uh, some of the bigger plays he's had this year more more impressive plays are when he's just said, Hey, I'm gonna get inside leverage on you. I'm gonna run you everywhere I wanna run you. And then he did that to Keenan Allen on a, on a big third down where he was running like a sort of a corner route. It was like third and thirteen. They lined Keenan Allen up up in the slot. And that was a position where Steeler struggled with him last mm-hmm. year but instead they said Hayden just just follow him just stick with him. He sticks with him and uh he establishes inside leverage Keenan Allen even pushes off a little bit but he just breaks up, jumps in the air and, and he sticks with him. He sticks in his hip pocket and that's the thing. Hayden's not the fastest. He's not the strongest, but he's he's got he's got that 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 wherewithal. He's got that that veteran sense that hey, they're going to come at me with this way. I have to know how to counter it. Here's how I'm going to sure. counter. It. And that's what he did when Keenan Allen pushed off there. He was like, "Hey, you know what? You yeah, you did that, but here I come. I'm keeping my pace." And he he played the ball perfectly, knocking it away and forcing a field goal in, in the red zone. Those type of plays, Joe Hayden still brings to the table, and he's been there. I think as the as the rest of the Steelers' defense starts to mold itself and get better, with Steven Nelson coming back, with De- uh, Devin Bush getting better, with the, the middle of the defense playing more cohesively, and that's one thing. Minka Fitzpatrick, I think his addition has been great, but he st- he's admitted like he's still he's, he needed this bye week to kind of learn more about the defense sure. as him... Edmonds, Bush, Barron, Williams, all those guys are working out the middle. Teams, that's that been where the teams have been hitting the Steelers the most, is over the middle. Once that middle starts becoming less available, they're going to start to get a little bit more outside. desperate and, tar- and targeting the outside and targeting, the, especially, their top receivers. That's where Hayden's going to be waiting, and that's where you can expect him to make big plays.
1: I love it. I love it. The keen football eye of Christopher Carter, and Woo. you know what? That's only going to continue here in a few minutes. Yeah. When we come back for our number two, we will go inside Carter's classroom. You asked for it. Well, Mark specifically asked for it. An <laughs> offensive player breakdown one, Juju Smith-Schuster. He will be the topic du jour when we return for hour two. You want to get in on Twitter? You already know the drill. At Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques. Inside the Electric Factory, one hour down, another to go. We've got Carter's Classroom. We've got Show Me the Money, and I might even sing that Here We Go song again. Uh, Who am I kidding? I'm definitely going (laughs) to sing that Here We Go song again before we get out of here. So stick with us inside the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. <laughs> Wesley Euler with you here. Christopher Carter in for Arthur Moats inside the electric factory. It's Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. And my ego just took a hit here, Chris. Why is that? I mean, my good buddy Gordon from across the pond. Oh,
2: Oh, I saw that. Gordon, for here
1: we go. Could do better.
2: LOL. I mean, you could do better.
1: I mean, this thing, I know your infinite potential. And, you know, he has to add, have a great weekend. You know, like like he doesn't know that Manchester United is going to ruin my weekend and that I don't have a Steelers (laughs) game and I don't have a WVU game and it's just going to be Man U losing to Norwich on Sunday and that's going to be it. You know, these Liverpool fans, they're so tough to please. But hey, you know, you can't please all the people all the time. But he adds the LOL at the end. You know, Gordon, I thought we were friends, buddy, but I'll let it slide this time. For those of you who might have missed it, before we get out of here, about 40 minutes or so, I will sing the Here We Go song one more time. To Gordon's great displeasure, but I think everybody else, Tyler, Paul, David, Jason, so far we got four positive reviews and one negative. So that means I'm, I'm hitting eight, I'm 80% here. An 80% satisfaction clip. I will take that, Mr. Carter. One thing that always leaves the people satisfied at 100% rate yeah. is Carter's classroom. And today, Chris Carter for us is going to break down one of the most popular, one of the most polarizing, one of the most discussed Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: One Juju Smith-Schuster. Let's get into Juju Smith-Schuster. So, with Juju, we, we got a, we got a receiver that everyone coming in the season. What was the topic, Wes? What was the topic? Can Juju be a number one? Exactly. Can he be a number one wide receiver? And. You know, people look at—and this is what a lot of people do in sports. They look at box scores, and they think, oh, that's definitely what that means. And if you look at the stats, Juju's numbers aren't that impressive. And it, and, and it's like, oh, uh, is, he, is he a number one? He has 25 catches for 340 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's ranked 45th in receiving yards behind the Chargers' Mike Williams' Uh, you know he's, but when, when you look at it, he's not getting targeted that much. He's only getting 6.3 targets per game on average. Uh, that's the 59th most in the NFL, but and that's behind players like Curtis Samuel, Nelson Aguilar, Aguilar, Alligator Arms himself, and Auden Tate for the Bengals. So part of this is not Juju's fault. He's not getting targeted. And people say, well, that's because he's not getting open. What? That's not the case. Not according to a lot of people. Exactly. And so let's get into a lot of the things that we talked about. Now we have been talking about how someone's got to be college open for Mason Rudolph in these early games that he's played. And even when Ben Roethlisberger played, there were plenty of times Juju was open over the middle, open down the sidelines, and Ben didn't even look his way because th- that's what the that's what the Patriots defense does. They get in your head. They make you think that things that are, that aren't there make you play are there. They exactly, and they make you think you see ghosts like. Uh, <laughs> Our bo- our boy <laughs> Sam Darnold. Yeah, Tom, I'm telling you, man. If you're listening, I'm telling you, USC quarterbacks just stay away from him. We have this thing. We're gonna keep going. About I know. This for I, like I,
1: years. I, I know you won't like this, though. I actually like Darnold. But I know you don't like USC quarterbacks. Anyways, anyways, getting into that,
2: this is a Juju segment. This is a Juju segment. This is New York Jets the, the, nation right Now, see, here's the thing: receivers from USC, I'll take them every day because Juju Smith-Schuster. Let's break into some of those opportunities that haven't been capitalized on. So we're coming out in a play. And I, I think I broke this down for you guys earlier, but I want to show you. I want. I want to talk you through a play where Juju Smith-Schuster was open uh, with along with Brant McDonald on one side. It was a fake blitz that the Niners showed, and it freaked out Mason Rudolph. Uh, so. The, the the Niners come out. They have about seven guys in the box, and those and there's and but two of them have their hands down on the right side, and they have like three three extra guys lined up. Uh, so it's three like on the right side, four on the on the left side, right? And the three guys on the right side all have their hands in the dirt. Two of the two or three of the guys on the left side are standing up. They're looking like they could drop back into coverage. So Mason reads, okay, the heat's coming from 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 that side. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw behind that side where the, where it looks like the blitz is coming from. But what happens is is that the the blitz flips. The guys that had their hand in their dirt drop back into coverage. The guys that were standing up are blitzing from this side. So now he, when he tries to throw into that, he doesn't see the adjustment. He ends up throwing to Deontay Johnson, and it's a tough passing window, and it's incomplete, and it's a third down stop. If he looks to his right. Vance McDonald was wide open, but also Juju Smith-Schuster just beats Richard Sherman with a solid out route beyond the sticks. If he looks that way, that's a first down that keeps the drive alive. That gets Juju one of those targets that he's just not been getting. It hasn't been all about you know Juju can't get open because he has been open. I'm not saying every single play because there's been there have been times. When teams have worked to take him away, and as they should, he's a, he's a supreme threat, and we've seen when he gets the ball in his hands and he's and he's downfield, he's a threat to score at any point in time, um, and. The jumping forward, a perfect example of that was Deontay Johnson's touchdown against the Bengals. Now, part of this, also, I think there was just mis- miscommunication on the Bengals' part. But what I really want what want to focus on for that play it was it was Deontay Johnson's crosser touchdown um, against the Bengals, you know, at Heinz Field. And what you see, uh, what you see, if you get to, if you ever get a chance to look at it, I, I love it when when uh, when when NBC does their. Uh, they're, they're, they're cams that show you the field. Like, like You see kind of like the Madden view, like everything break, breaking down, right. uh, down down the field. And you see Juju Smith-Schuster. They're both just running deep crossing routes. It's a shot play for Rayson Rudolph. And as Juju crosses the field, his cornerback sticks with him, and the safety immediately jumps to where he's going. And Drake Kirkpatrick, who was covering Deontay Johnson, thought he was supposed to take Juju. That means effectively three guys are running with Juju at one point. And that opens up Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. Now, part of that, was, I think, was a miscommunication. Either Kirkpatrick was supposed to keep following his man or the guy who was following Johnson was supposed to back off and take on Juju so that they could handle the crossing routes. I think that was what was supposed to happen. But still, even so, the safety follows Juju no matter what. That is the kind of attention he is he is getting. So he's still attracting those double teams. That's that, that because defenses are scared of him. Now again, it's not the level of Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown was a is, was a was a once in a lifetime type of player with the way that he was getting things done and not just with speed or strength. He was just he he was just quicker. He was and he had great hands. Um and and you and you kind of see it when you give Juju the chance to be open downfield. And let's look at the 76 yard touchdown he had against the Niners when. It, Mason Rudolph has to understand Juju's not going to be open that often by five or six yards, like a lot, like like how James Washington used to be open when he played Pitt with Oklahoma State. Don't remind me. Um, <laughs> but uh, but when and when, the Mountaineers
1: too, if it makes you feel any better. Oh, well,
2: that does make me feel better because I thought it was just Pitt that got annihilated by by the, uh, that offense. Uh, but. Um, but like that was the thing is that so many times guys were wide open for Mason Rudolph, and what the first throw that I really saw from Mason Rudolph that said okay maybe he's starting to get it was his touchdown to Juju. Now, granted, he did he didn't follow that up with with a lot more of those, but Juju's running across a route. It's good coverage over the middle, and he says okay, let me throw this. Let, 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 me, let me just let me just lead him a little bit. It's tight coverage. Juju catches it, and he takes it the rest of the way. Those are the type of throws that Mason Riddell has to make. I don't care if the guy's a step behind it. I have to trust that my arm, that I'm going to put it in the spot where the receiver is going to have the best chance to get it, and, and, the, and that my receiver is going to come down with the football, especially when it's my number one guy, and a guy like Juju that continuously, Wes, continuously finds ways to make big plays when he gets the opportunity. I know people are like, well, what about the two fumbles? Historically, two fumbles in what? This is his third season. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty good.
1: Stephon Diggs has four this year.
2: Exactly. And, and, and again, I'm not what, excusing what his fumbles. What stinks
1: about Juju was just the timeliness. Of oh his, yeah, exactly. Of his, the, uh, in the Saints, it was at the end of the game when the Steelers were driving. It was a backbreaker. Yeah. Against the Ravens, it was an overtime in their yep. own half of the field with yep.
2: their third-string quarterback. It was a backbreaker. And I think what's what's also impressive about those is when you look at the, and here's some more here's some more Carter's classroom for you. Go back and look at the tape on those plays. He wasn't holding the ball out like how Plaxico Burris used to uh, with one hand. The
1: defense is allowed to make plays the, too.
2: Exactly. The points were covered. He he was protecting the football. And, and he wasn't doing anything reckless. It wasn't away from his body. It was high and tight. He was protecting it. And, and against the Saints, he bounced off of a guy on the ground. Like, there were a lot of circumstances that had to go against him in that, and with Marlon Humphrey, he just made a
1: heck of a play. Marlon Humphrey's really good. And yeah, I, I really, I, really, I really That
2: Ravens secondary could be really scary now with Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really think that there's, uh, there's some good stuff going on there. We
1: don't like to admit that,
2: but, but, I mean, but you, hey. A game recognized game game recognized uh, game and, uh, Truth and hurts. yeah and, and, and but that that's the fact but I still think the Steelers could take them in a, in a late game this year but Oh, I do too uh, but let's but but so that you you have big plays like that now for the last play I want to break down for Juju it's an incomplete pass but I want to show you how good his route running is because people say oh his route running he's just not that sharp oh he needs to improve his route running his route running is pretty doggone sharp it's against the Chargers first play Devin Hodges wants to go deep to him and Devin Hodges admitted after the game he underthrew it he wanted he wanted to lead him down the field and a that could little have been bit more. Big splash play on the first play. On the, the first play, it, I mean and, and and here it is. Juju's locked up with Casey Hayward, one of the best. He's an all-pro cornerback, one of the best in the league. He's traditionally always put himself in position to to win certain situations. And if you look at the route that they did, and NBC did a good job of showing this route um, in, in in like a replay and Juju comes off the line Stutter steps and keep his center of balance perfectly. His shoulders are perfectly aligned. He's not telling, hey, I'm going inside, I'm going outside. He's forcing Kay- Casey Hayward to have to respect it. And Casey Hayward, you know, he's, he's trying to play. He's also trying to watch what Devlin Hodges' eyes are doing. So what happens is when he does that stutter, that stutter step and his center of balance is, is still in the middle, Hayward immediately thinks, I have to jump down on that. But as soon as he reacts, Juju spurts right around him and goes up the sideline, and Hayward has to freak out and try to catch up to him. And if Hodges leads Juju down the field, that might have been an opening dr- opening drive, a 75-yard touchdown.
1: one-play, 75-yard touchdown, and that would have just... And
2: that would have opened up everything on oh. top. Because then you're also talking about them, the defense, if they get that touchdown, the, the next now drive. All of a
1: sudden, they're backing off the rest of the game. And right. Connor and Snow would have had even more room to operate.
2: Exactly. And those are the type of things Juju is creating. He, they just haven't had the quarterback play to get him the ball in the right situations. I think that they eventually will. I think that Mason Ruff is, is moving in the right direction, and that he's, you're going to start seeing more of those downfield targets that's gonna give juju those chances to come up big. Um, so that that's the that was the point of my classroom I think this was back on Wednesday. Go check out Carter's Classroom on DKPittsburghSports.com. If you're not a subscriber, you can subscribe right now for just 99 cents. Get Ooh. your month trial. And if you like us, you stick with us. If not, we thank you for checking us out. But we cover the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, you know, in the locker room, in the film room. We're doing it all at DKPittsburghSports.com. And my Carter's Classroom, if you want X's and O's, I got the best for you right there. So I break it down. Yes, he does. I, I, bro- I broke I broke down Juju Wednesday, Bud Thursday. I got Hayden today if you want l- look at, to look at those guys. And it's not just about where you know what 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 what's happening it's also about where they're going it's also about how they're sure. improving and what what kind of what kind of individual things that they're working with in a scheme that's what juju's doing man he's still getting open he is a number one receiver in the nfl they just got to get the ball to him and i think if they start doing that this offense could be turned could turn the corner still
1: great stuff there i love it carter's classroom some juju breakdown and yeah no i'm with you i know a lot of people have I don't think soured is too too extreme of a term but a lot of people I think are a little down on Juju at the moment. A little down on
2: everybody on the Steelers when you're 2 and 4.
1: That's true. That's a good point. But give him, you know, give him some time now with Mason out there and three straight home games coming up here. I think uh heck he's already had a few this season. Yeah. But I think he's he's got some some big play, some splash that is soon to come and, and hopefully we'll see that starting Monday night at Heinz Field. Chris Carter with the great breakdown there. Carter's Classroom. Find him on Twitter at Carter Critiques. You can get at me as well at Wesley Euler. When we come back here, Steelers ain't playing on Sunday. So what are we watching? What are we looking for around the league? What intrigues us? We will get into all of that when we return. Inside the Electric Factory, it's Steelers Blitz on
0: SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Having some fun inside the electric factory on a Friday. We wouldn't want it any other way. Hopefully you're the same. Chris, Steelers ain't playing this Sunday. No, they're not. For the second week in a row. Yeah. Like, come on,
2: man. Yeah, don't. All, all, all listen. All people want is to is to. I, I know that night ga- night games are exciting. No, they're not. Not for me. But, but yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I know, but people, but but we're talking about the listeners. No, you I know, uh, I know. you 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 Steelers Nation fans. You like Nation the prime fans, time games. You like the prime. But. There's always, when I was a kid, there was nothing like waking up on Sunday, going to church, doing everything you need to do, and sitting down at 1 o'clock, you yeah. knew Steelers were going to play. The best.
1: I've told this story to Tunch and Wolf before. There were times when I was a kid growing up, my family, we'd go to church, and we always went, it was like an eleven fifteen 15 service. Um, we weren't early church people, because a lot of times, honestly, I had hockey practice or a hockey game mm-hmm. early Sunday morning, and then we'd go to church, you know, eleven fifteen service ends like, you know, 12-15, 12-30-ish. And I'd be like, Mom, Dad, come on. You know, they'd be talking to their friends. I'd be like, come on, like I'm trying to get home. Steelers play at one, Steelers play at one. And they'd be yapping away, and I'd be like, all right, screw it. Give me your keys. And I'd go out in the car, and I'd listen to Tunch and Wolf and Billy Hillgrove until my parents would be ready to leave Mm -hmm. to go home. I'm with you, man. Don't get me wrong. The night games, there's there's cool things about it. You Particularly it. if you're a big tailgater, it gives you more time to have some fun. I get right, that. As right. When I was in school at WVU,
2: I wish every single game would have kicked off at 7 o'clock at yeah, night. Yeah. It would have been amazing. <laughs> I think we well, then you would have never gotten to the games because then you would have been drunk the entire day. No, hold
1: on. I still made it, Chris,
2: <laughs> for every
1: game of my tenure. What's, I just might not have – the details of the first half might have been a little See that,
2: that, that shows that whatever church you were going was not being uh, – was not, was not being respecting their congregation. The church I – I used to go to Sanctuary of Praise okay. over and over over in Homewood, and Revo, when the Steelers were playing at 1 o'clock, they would that they would get that service out. They would mm-hmm. and, and and you know, service. We get we we sing all these songs. We got all these hymns. This is black mm-hmm. church, man. We 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 go and so. But now, like on, on those days, like sometimes Rev O would wear a Steelers polo. Uh, you know, under nice. his under his, his getup. Nice. Like he was like and, and everybody no, that's was in the, the, the classic. You know,
1: wear the wear the Steelers jersey to church. Wear the Steelers jersey to
2: mass. Yep. that's the that's the classic. That's, that's movie. That's, and it's it's so classic Pittsburgh. But but yeah, man. Like that's people gotta have have their priorities straight. Uh, when I was a kid. I, I was in high school. I, I still, I, I was like, my my, my dad asked me to, go, to help my mom go shopping. She was going out to Sam's Club. And it was during the Steelers-Bengals playoff game of oh. 05. And I was like,
0: oh, we're resident, we're resident.
2: Was just, that was, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember those
1: days. So with the Steelers not playing for a second straight Sunday, I want to talk with you about what we'll be watching on Sunday, what we're looking for Everything. on Sunday. And all of it. <laughs> Jarvis Landry and the Browns are gonna get crushed by the Patriots at 4:30. Oh yeah,
2: oh, yeah. I, yeah I think they're gonna get utterly destroyed. And Jarvis Landry guaranteed a win. Yeah, how about that? And then he tried to walk it back. Did you see that? So I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, I, I thought I was like, Jarvis. Now here's here's what I did not see the video on that because I I remember I remember Anthony Smith. Making the guarantee, quote unquote, back in two thousand and seven, mm-hmm. it, it, it was more of a situation where, like, if you wa- like, I remember watching on ESPN, like, someone like they played the initial interview where someone, you know, someone says like, "Hey, ha- how how scared are you guys of, to play this, this this group of wide receivers and a quarterback?" And they're like, "Well, we just beat the Bengals with Chad Johnson and Carson Palmer and all these other guys. I, I think we just beat a pretty good wide receiver. I think we can handle them." And he's like, and then the reporters like, "Oh, so you guarantee that you're going to win?" And he's like, whoa, 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 "Whoa, I didn't say that." Right. And then he's like, "Oh, so you're scared of them?" And then like Anthony Smith kind of getting the look like, "All right." Right, fine, I guarantee. And then that was the guarantee. It was more so because he was just playing around with the reporter. It
1: wasn't a Joe Namath come out of the blue yeah, nowhere and it, guarantee you're going to win. It, it wasn't Unsolicited him.
2: Unsolicited with the question. I, exactly. It wasn't him saying, hey, Tom Brady stinks. I'm going to beat, beat the snot out of that guy. He's a bum. These it,
1: guys are overrated. Yeah, it,
2: it, it wasn't anything like that. But it got blown to that proportion. Now, will this get blown to that proportion? I don't know. You know, it's It, it, certainly, well, it look, certainly has been early.
1: I forget who, but there was a Patriots beat reporter who – Tweeted that Kyle Van Noy already put printouts of the quote around the locker room. No, well, yeah. because you know, a franchise like the New England Patriots—they don't—they don't, they they, don't they really blow anything need up. Self-starters yeah, and motivation, right. and oh yeah, those guys should definitely have a chip on their shoulder. I'm like,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, come on, dude. Like, first of all, when they were saying, we're still here?" like that was the dumbest. Like, yeah, yeah, nobody ever thought you were going away. Like, they, sure, there sure were some people. There were some some guys that were just trying to do shock jock radio, and you clung on to that. But everyone picked the Patriots to go far last year. No one picked you to miss the playoffs. Yeah, or, right. It like,
1: worse. People are picking you to lose in the AFC Championship. At, at game. worst, at oh, worst. The oh my gosh! You get oh, all
2: could... the disrespect. Right, so like th- that's what. The, but this is what the Patriots do. It's us against the world no, me- yeah, mentality. Even when the world's kind of for you, and you get a lot of things to roll your way historically. So let's let you know. Like, but but that but I didn't know that about Kyle Van Noy. But that makes perfect sense. That's how their organization works. You give them a you give them an inch, they'll take a mile, and and, uh, and try to use that as flame. I, I think that the Browns they were already going to lose this game. Um, Baker Mayfield, is he leading the NFL Interceptions right now? Yeah and who's leading he's the NFL 25 in 25 since he took over as a starter last y- season? Yikes! How many yeah. how many interceptions do the Patriots have right now? I don't know. A lot. A lot. lot. Uh, yeah, like they have the most in the league by far. They've only given him a one passing touchdown all season. I don't see Baker Mayfield breaking that trend. Now, if he wants to be Baker, if he wants to be the guy that chugged beers at the Indians game <laughs> and is the man, and he's got all the Hulu commercials and he's a superstar, if Baker Mayfield's going to be Baker Mayfield, this would be the game to prove everybody wrong. No doubt. Beat the best yeah. defense in the in the league, the team that's been crushing every quarterback it's faced, including Ben Roethlisberger, if you beat them... Then you get people to shut up. Then Colin Coward, like you know, I think. <laughs> did you see his thing? He's like, he's like, what are you a fool? Like, 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 yeah. The, the, no the, one
1: has been enjoying the Browns' demise this season more than
2: Colin Coward. And, and, it, and but then even the things Baker says in the in the press. He said, I, th- I think this week he was like, you know, people have to be more accountable. And he's like, you lead the league in interceptions. What are you? What are you like? So I, I think I think the Browns have a lot of answers to find within themselves before they can before they become any world beaters. And this is going to be a world. beat beating of the Browns I, I I think it's going to be ugly
1: I'm excited in the same division to watch Eagles bills at one o'clock oh, on that's Sunday gonna that's gonna be fun both of those teams have a lot of questions around them the Eagles have struggled but they still have a lot of guys from that Super Bowl team and Doug Peterson and expectations around that franchise and they were a really popular pick for a lot of people to make the NFC championship game or even win the NFC before the season started they've struggled injuries have been a big part of that and kind of on the flip side, the Bills now sitting at 5-1. and one, Like The Bills are in a tough spot on Sunday. Yeah, they are. Because if they win, then people are just going to, oh, well, yeah, okay, the Eagles really stink yeah. and you still haven't beat anybody. But if if they the lose, Eagles beat the Bills, then all of a sudden, well, the Bills aren't for real. That's the first decent team other than the Patriots that you played all year and you lost at home. I'm excited to watch that game on Sunday. Uh, two very passionate fan bases, two teams that I think are really desperate for a win and uh, just the narrative that's going to fall out. However, that one goes. No, absolutely, <laughs> it's gonna be funny.
2: because oh, that's the thing is, is whoever whoever loses is a fraud, and whoever wins is you know we still don't believe in you. Uh, you know, and, and I think for I mean for Eagles fans, they just want to win. They need. Right. Win. They need, they, one. They yeah. need one. They need one after 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 getting spanked. Did you see the poor Monty dude? the the fan from the Eagles in the bar with, with his the hat. hat. He oh was I've like, met him a bunch of times before oh, when I was out in
1: Philly. Oh, Monty felt, G, baby. I, I felt, let's go, Eagles, baby.
2: I felt so bad for that guy. I mean and then like she's like, Can you push your hat again? And he's like, Come on, let's go you. fly, Eagles fly. I was like, Oh man, that <laughs> that dude Oh uh, man. He's I was... the
1: nicest guy ever. When I was working in Philly mm-hmm. during football season, um, I, I produced our afternoon show in Philly, the two to six show at our radio station. Mm-hmm. And Fridays during football season, we'd do it live from Chickie and Pete's, which is the huge sports bar in South Philadelphia. Yeah, okay. And that guy would come by a lot, Monty G. Wow. And he was the nicest dude ever. And even he always he had the same thing for like the Sixers and the Phillies, like his hats and everything. That's crazy. But yeah, that was that was pretty funny to see.
2: But I mean, look at. But here's the thing: the Bills' schedule. They have after after the Eagles. If they beat the Eagles, they got Washington at home. They got they got Browns on the road. Miami at Miami on the road. Denver at home on the road to Dallas. Ravens at home. Steeler, at, you know, at Heinz Field at New England hosting the Jets. There, those are a lot of reasonable games that with a with a defense that travels well, they can they they could win those and be a serious push. For that that fifth wild card spot, I don't I don't think they're catching the Patriots, but they could make a serious push to say, hey, we're going to lock ourselves in and make sure that we're going to play the worst division winner this season, right. which may end up being the 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 A F C North team if the Steelers and Ravens are duking it out for nine and seven eight and eight at the end of the, at the end of the year.
1: Another narrative game, as I'm calling it, where people already have their narrative set. They don't even need to watch the game. They just need to see who wins and losses, and they're running with it. Right. Panthers at Niners. Oh, absolutely. Panthers are quietly 4-2. Yep. Uh, Niners, uh, the, uh, the other lone remaining undefeated team besides the <laughs> Patriots, a lot of people still don't believe in the Niners. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think the Panthers have kind of been fool's gold at four and two to this point. But you got Kyle Allen upstart. You got Christian McCaffrey who's having an outstanding season. Is Jimmy G for real? Who's for real, Chris? The Panthers
2: or the Niners? Four o'clock Sunday, we'll find out. Yeah, it's a good question, man. I you know, I still don't believe in Jimmy G as the true franchise quarterback. I don't either. But but on a team that has a running game and a really good defense, I think he's fine. And I, he reminds me of a younger Kirk Cousins. You know, and cousins, cousins now still to me is like, Neh. but um, but as, you know young Kirk cousins, I was always like, and I, I broke this down for DK Pittsburgh. It was one of my first thing, my first articles that I wrote for them ever hmm. was before Steelers played Washington, um, they, you know, for the season opener back in 2016. I wrote that their zone defense is going to get an interception. You know, because Kirk Cousins struggles against zone defenses. And I went back and I it was the 2015 season. He threw 43 touchdowns and I think like eight interceptions. I think it was all but four of those touchdowns came against man defense and all but two of those interceptions came against zone defense. And I was like, if the Steelers run zone, they're going to get their interception. And sure enough, Ryan Shays here intercepted Kirk Cousins. They gave him a hard time. The Steelers won that game running away. And, uh... Uh, you know, I, I was, that's the thing I've always noticed about Kirk Cousins. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo going through similar building moments early in his career. Because this is still, I know he's been in the league a while, but he still has to play that full, complete season. And they're 6-0, they're doing great, but I want to see how he does as he starts to meet different challenges. And people are seeing like, okay, we're adjusting to this style of play, this tendency. And they put some points up the board on the board to force Jimmy Garoppolo's hand.
1: Now, Panthers' defense looks pretty legit so oh, far through they six do. games, and so we'll see how Jimmy responds to that one for sure. Last but not least here, is Patrick Mahomes really maybe going to play That's Sunday night? They, they,
2: they can't. They can't let him play after that. They moved his kneecap back into place, man. Like That's I. Not- I still, I still like. I've been walking around like, like touching my knees. Like I was just like, oh my god, I'm scared. Like, I got like just, I just. When you see injuries like that, you just feel it in your body and like, oh, how would that impact me? Like, nope, I don't want to <laughs> think about that. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes is already practicing in even in a limited limited capacity. If he practiced today in a full capacity, something happened. Like that's impossible. That's that's even crazier than Jalen Samuels getting back already. So lots of lots of interesting stuff there. I think, I think. That the Packers are going to win this game just because if I'm the Chiefs, I can't I can't put Patrick Holmes when that injury
1: happened last Thursday, right? So now just what eight days ago? Yeah. And they said originally we think it's about a three week timetable till he returns. Moats said to yeah, me, "There's you, no yep. way." You, we about said, that. Like yep. there's no way. He's like, I played with guys that had that same injury. Like nobody was ever back in three weeks. And that's a that's your franchise quarterback who's what 23 years yeah. old. No,
2: I ain't no way I'm risking that guy. And again, Andy Reid has won with some backup quarterbacks in the past. Yeah, Back in the days when everyone wanted to bench Donovan McNabb every other week for Ty Detmer <laughs> or Kevin Cobb or whatever random Kevin backup Cobb. quarterback that was just not really even close to Donovan McNabb's caliber. Um, you know, the, all those things. Andy Reid's done that before, and Matt Moore has started in the NFL. I think that they'll find a way to be competitive, but I still think Aaron Rodgers, he's 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 really catching on again. I think that, that they're they're going to do enough in Kansas City to make it hard for them.
1: Tom1 chimes in here on Twitter. He says, "You know, along the, speaking of the Cleveland Browns and the Jarvis Landry thing, I hope this guy doesn't find himself like Zach Brown, unemployed on Monday <laughs> after the game.
2: Oh, my God. That, that's still that's still so embarrassing to, to call out Kirk Cubs like that. They get shredded, and then you're fired afterwards? Ooh. Like that, man, I don't know how you live with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Browns are going to let go of Jarvis Landry. No, I mean, that, of, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a th- bit of golf and class in his game and Zach Brown's game. Right. But it, is eerily familiar of a guy who was talking some trash before a game and might just be on the other end of a blowout by the time it's all said and done yep i agree (laughs) on twitter if you want to chime in at wesley yuler at carter critiques we'll take your tweets when we come back and wrap up the show we'll also have the second singing of our here we go song miami edition and it's the final segment on friday you know what that means we got to get the paper. When we come back, it'll be uh, time for a little pick 'em, a little show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Lots of fun still to come here and laughs as well. You already know. Here we go, song and show me the money. When we come back inside the electric factory, Chris Carter sitting in for Arthur Moats. I'm Wesley Euler. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Friday, show me the money day, get that paper day inside dollar, dollar the bills, electric y'all. factory. Chris Carter's about to get his uh, his get that paper, his show me the money baptism here. Uh, your first time. <laughs> That's my your first, first go round. I'm
2: excited. Let's you, do this. You know what
1: that means? It's like maybe Monday on the show we're gonna have to have you call in, or if there's a day you're filling in next week or something. You know we're gonna have to hold your feet to the fire a little bit on this one. That's you know? fine. Hold
2: my feet to the fire. <laughs>
1: But before we uh before we uh get to the paper Show me the money Show me the money I would be remiss Mr Carter <laughs> if I didn't flex my golden pipes for the people You should do it man One more time Plate. I got you Drop that beat sir All right so apologies to Gordon but this is for everybody else. <laughs> Here if you miss if if you're not sure what's going on right again we this kind of happened organically the Friday before the Ravens game where we ad-lib some here we go lines and then before the Chargers game, I actually wrote out a couple verses. So here you go. A week, a new a new weekly, a new Friday tradition on the show. The Here We Go song rewritten for the Steelers' upcoming opponent. This is your Miami Dolphins edition.
3: Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Steelers. Here we go. Pittsburgh's gone to Super Bowl Here we go Cheer to
1: Steelers Black and a gold Here we go This kind of Pittsburgh's Heart and soul Here we go The Steeler Nation Mission Has the best has radio the best hosts host. Wait,
3: what? the six-time <laughs> Super Bowl
1: champion.
3: Here we go Here we go
1: Going to the Super Bowl Here we go Yeah, the bye week was all good fun But now there's serious work to be done Another win, that's all that we wish And come Monday night, it's time to stomp on some fish Here we go Here we go Here we go, go.
3: Steelers
1: We We know Miami is trying to tank. Win less than seven games, that's where they rank. Dolphins fans have seen an exodus of talent. Come Monday night, Minka's dropping the mallet. Here we go. Here we go. go. here
3: go. here Here we go. Steelers, here we go.
1: Super Bowl. Here we we go. all know Miami is a bad sports here town go. They got beaches and sunshine all around But what they'll need Monday night is some ice Cause after they come to Pittsburgh They'll be rethinking their lives Here we go Here we go
3: Here we go Pillars, here we go Pittsburgh's gone to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Here we
1: go. I'm not quitting my day job. Don't worry. Oh yeah, but not too bad. You know,
2: not bad. Not bad. No, no that, that has that has some bars. All right, sir. so I
1: gotta ask you. I gotta put you on the spot a little bit. What's my spot? I used to do this. You know how Crowley and Tom and Brian yeah. they do their cheese teases for the Crowley Show. Yeah. I used to give them a rating every day. Okay. So, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd be like, "Oh, that was that was a good one. That was a 9.3." And mm-hmm. eh, that one was okay. I'll give you a 7.5. You know like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give me for that rendition of Here We Go Miami version?
2: I'm giving you an 8.2.
1: Okay, I'll take it.
2: It's 8.2. That's a solid rating. Just cuz I'm still marvelled by some of the things that you rhymed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like ma- talent and Mouth. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that was that that was impressive and and, and uh ice and lives i was like okay okay i see, <laughs> see you're go with this i see you're going with this one. got some bars there uh but uh but yeah don't don't quit your day job i, I think it, it, rapping roger wood beats solid if the, if there's a career mm. for that if there's a like like but, but i'm in the lead yeah but uh but don't don't forget, don't go up against like loaded lux or any of the guys that are like actual rap battle dudes that, that would be bad
1: all right well i put myself out there <laughs> yes you did you know? yes you did And now it's time to put Chris Carter on the spot. Uh Uh-oh. His first time trying to get that paper. It's time to show me the money. Show
0: me the money. Show me the money!
1: Chris, you know when you were a kid and you had friends over and your mom would always tell you it doesn't matter what you want to do, you got to let your guests pick what they want to do.
2: Yeah, all the time.
1: So since you're the guest, you're part of the family here now of the Electric Factory, the Steelers Blitz. But since since you're a guest, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Sure, I'll I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll
2: lead the way. I'll lead the way. The
1: floor is yours, my My friend. My first game. And, And real quick, we're not picking the Steelers game because that's Monday. Right. We'll do that on Monday on the show. Three NFL games and two college games. Craig? Yes, yes. All righty. What's your first one? I'm
2: going to start with my college games first. It's Auburn at LSU, the big game, SEC football, top ten teams. Auburn six and one at undefeated LSU. All LSU is being given eleven and a half points. That's a lot of points even that's, in Death Valley. That's a huge Death Valley where dreams come to die. That was that was one of the. Taga, 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 that was that was one that was one of the more hype like oh, got me like taga, 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 I, taga. I love their coach man i love are, their coach listen that.
1: i bleed mountaineer blue and gold i've never you'll like this i have never in my life worn the apparel of another college mm-hmm. in my lifetime that's how my, my initials are wvu my parents would have killed me if i ever tried to root for another school but if you would like wait your middle
2: name's a v yeah
1: i had no idea that's amazing and my parents <laughs> did that on purpose uh, my dad won a bet. Long story short, and was able to have. My mom wasn't about it at all, but my dad won to bet. This is uh, amazing. I've never. Wow. If if I couldn't have gone to WV, if I couldn't have been a WV fan, you know, like ah, oh, gun to your head, you got to pick a different school. Like LSU, I think is my mistress school because I've always loved their football program, <laughs> their atmosphere. School. Oh yeah. Death Valley, that defense, that, and some of the guys they produce, mm-hmm. Patrick Petersons and the Tyron mm-hmm. Matthews, and now they seemingly have a stud on that defense yep. every single year, and always a stud running back too. They would be, I think, my. Uh, my my, you know, not even my number two, but if I had to pick, I, I like LSU. All right, that's what I'm trying to get. You.
2: I, I I get you, man. I get you. Tiger, I tiger, just, tiger. I, I'm I'm going within this game because LSU's given 11 a half points. That's just too big of a spread for me for an SEC game. It's true. For an important SEC game, Auburn playing very well. Their defense is pl- is playing at a high level. I have. Auburn winning the game, but I have them covering. I think it's going to be LSU thirty, Auburn twenty three, which means that eleven and a half points. I'm gonna I'm take. I'm gonna take Auburn. I just think that they're gonna hang in. They're War Eagle, buddy.
1: So LSU wins, but Auburn covers. No, no, no. no.
2: Uh, yeah, LSU wins. Auburn covers. So you're
1: taking Auburn plus eleven and a half. Yes. All right. I'll start with college then too. You know, we have a rule here that Motz and I like to throw out a lot. Sure. And that is, you always stay away from double-digit points.
2: Breaks. Well, I broke that rule in the first one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to break that rule <laughs> in my first one, too. Maryland okay. at Minnesota. Hmm. A little Big Ten on Big Ten action. Yeah. Minnesota upstart undefeated 7-0 with P.J. Fleck. Maryland has been a rocky. see, they started out well, then they got smacked by Penn State. They've been mm-hmm. all over the place. But Maryland scores points. And I know they're on the road, but they're getting 16 and a half. And Minnesota, while they're undefeated, hasn't necessarily lit the world on fire this year. So I think Minnesota wins. But give me Maryland plus 16.5. Minnesota wins by 13, something like that. That's fair. But give me the Terps and the points.
2: Yeah, I I like that pick, Wes. I mean, it's just some of those spreads are just a little too far out. I'm like, hey, you want to do that? I'll take it. So cash money.
1: All right. What's your second college football pick of the week?
2: Second college football pick is the only game that matters. Uh-oh. Miami.
1: No, the Mountaineers don't play this weekend, so at I don't know what you're Pittsburgh.
2: talking about. And now I'm not talking about the Dolphins at the Steelers. I'm talking about you're the not
1: talking U. You're talking about the Penguins and the Panthers. I forget. I Tuesday. forgot that that Although happened. They play in Sunrise. Yeah, but still, but close enough.
2: But still, but I'm talking about the U. The Hurricanes coming to play the Pit
1: Panthers. Well, it's a big one at Heinz Field on it's, Saturday. It's a huge game. Were you game. expecting a capacity crowd? What, like 30,000 people? Oh, you're so, you're
0: so funny! ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'm sorry, no, that yeah,
2: program. that was that was that was really low West. You know what? You, get, you know, like, I just get the heck out of here with that. <laughs> anyways, anyways, I'm gonna go with. Wait, what's what what's West Virginia's record right now? Not good. Well, no, but what what's the numbers? Give me give me the three and four. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Pitt's five and two. Just, just in case you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're gonna go six and two because. Pitt's been being given five and a half points. I think they win by a whole touchdown. I think that that's just enough points. I think it's going to be close. Pitt's going to do their thing where they play well early. They do they do some things right, and then I mean I tweeted this during the last game. They, they were up on whoever they were playing this this last week at Syracuse, and I was I tweeted I'm not saying anything until I see the debacle start to happen, and then I'll be like okay now let's see where they're at because they always start to allow a comeback for whatever wacky reason. I think that happens again. They get they get like a. I think they'll go up like you know twenty one to you know to to like seven early, and then the second half things will slow down, and then they'll get like a field goal. The Miami will push back, and they'll get twenty four. But then eventually, this, the, the 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 Panthers will get to will get one more touchdown. Kenny Pickett has a good game. The defense creates turnovers. They win 31-24. That's enough to beat the five and a half spread. So I'm taking the Panthers.
1: I'll stay in the state of Pennsylvania with another five and a half spread. All right. Well, I guess technically they're going outside of the state of Pennsylvania, but Penn State travels to Michigan State. Mm. Don't let Mike Pursuta hear me say this, okay? (gasps) I I don't think Michigan State's very good this year. I know there's been a lot of optimism (gasps) that they've had some tough years and they're getting things moving back in the right direction, and I know they always do play Penn State tough.
2: Hey, Mike, come get West.
1: (laughs) But give me Penn State minus 5.5 on the road at Michigan State. They win, like you said with Pitt. They win by a touchdown as well. That's enough to cover As much as it pains me
2: Cause I don't like them. I mean, very, I few, very, very few reasonable human beings I don't, like Penn State, I don't like that and James, that includes that. that's uh, like so, it. That
1: James Franklin. Yeah, <laughs> I don't
2: like that James Franklin. Listen, my aunt and uncle, uh, I love them to death. They're diehard Penn Staters. They've oh, all they, they've always been. The whole
1: Euler family is split right down the middle: half Oof. Penn State, half Mountaineers. Oof. So believe me, I got a lot of diehards my, in the family. My
2: my aunt and uh, and and my mother, you know, they're, they're sisters and everything, and they, you know, my mom's pit. My, 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 my aunt's Penn State so when my, my little sister got born uh, my aunt sent her for, for for her birthday her birthdays in September so she sent for her birthday gift it was a Halloween Penn State baby cheerleading costume and my mom was like okay you're funny the next year, <laughs> what was my sister? She was a pit cheerleader in, nice. you know when she was one year old. So there was there's always been that infighting in the in the in the in the Carter family. So um but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I love it. I, I, like I told
1: you the Euler clan is split right down the middle, half Mountaineers, half Nittany Lions. I'm with
2: I'm with you though. I think Penn State wins wins that game and by enough to to beat that spread. I thought that, I thought honestly I thought it was gonna be wider the way that Penn State's played this yeah. season.
1: I think, you know, again, being on the road. and that's Michigan true. State historically has played Penn State's tough these they last have. few yeah, years. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. But give me the Nittany Lions minus five and a half. They win by seven, something like that. Maybe six or eight, but enough to cover. All right, Mr. Carter, let's go to the National Football League. What you
2: got Ooh. for me? All right. Big game. One of my games of the week. Eagles at Bills. The Bills are being given two and a half points. I think I mean that's kind of a coin flip. That's that's basically saying, hey, who who do you think is going to win? That's a pick 'em. I'm picking the Bills. They're at home. I think John Brown's going to get some big plays from Josh Allen. Um, I think their defense is going to create some turnovers. The Phillies receivers have not figured it out yet. They're going to make some big plays. I say Tredavious White has a couple big plays in this game, but it's going to be close. I'm saying twenty to seventeen, so just beating that cover, but Bills win at home. They go to six and one, and uh, I, I say forget your points. You're two and a half. I think the Bills get that win, win by that field goal.
1: I'm with you, too. That's one of my picks as well. I'm riding the Bills. If I look at that matchup, the only area where I like the Eagles more than the Bills is at the quarterback position. Mm. And I don't even know if it's that wide. And and there's a margin there. I'm a Carson Wentz believer. I think he's been let down a lot this season by his offensive line and his wide receivers. Especially
2: Nelson Aguilar. But
1: offensive line, give me the Bills. Wide receivers, give me the Bills. Defensive line, give me the Bills. Linebackers, give me the Bills. Secondary, Secondary. certainly. Give me the Bills. Give me the Bills and the games in Buffalo. I'm with you on that one. I just think the Eagles are in a bad way right now, injury-wise. They've got current and former players who are throwing shots at each other in the media. Yeah, that's There's crazy. There's anonymous sources saying texting Josina Anderson about Carson Wentz. I just think it's a bad year for the Eagles, so I'm with you on the Bills.
2: Yeah, man, I think that's I think that's a good as a pick. So you, you do that with me, okay? So yeah, that's
1: the only game I think that we picked similar though. Other oh. than that, we're different. Okay. So what's your number two NFL game here? No,
2: number two game. It's just because I picked this because hey, I like to win, and uh, this spread it doesn't make sense to me. The Seahawks are going to the Falcons who Matt Ryan's hurt they're stinking they're 1 and 6 and the Seahawks are only being given 3 points mm-hmm. are you crazy
0: mm-hmm.
2: what I'm taking the Seahawks all day. I think Russell Wilson's going to torch that defense. Defense is a nightmare right now. they're there. You know the, the Falcons are another dumpster fire. They're going to get a top ten pick easy. They might get a top five pick this year. Yeah. I, I think the Seahawks smoke them. I have them like 38 to like maybe 17. Maybe they get Matt Schaub he gets to put some points on the board because of Julio Jones. But I, I just think that that's a uh, yeah, that's a, that's a surefire win. If you're opening at that at, at, at three, just three, just three points to the Seahawks, give me that every day.
1: I like it. I thought about that one too, but it was too it was almost it was one of those too good to be true for me. <laughs>
2: right, right. So, I, I I didn't believe it. I like I refreshed right. the page.
1: Uh, uh, so I went with the Indianapolis Colts. They've been playing well. They They're have. at home against the Broncos who I think are just a mess right now. Yeah. Indy favored by 5 at home against Denver. They win by 9. Okay. Give me the Colts at home for my second pick
2: of the NFL schedule. That's fair. Last but not least NFL game here. Final one who you got? I'm going with one we've already talked about. Just because I don't don't care what the spread is. I'm taking them. It's Browns and Patriots. The points are at, they're giving the Patriots 11 points. Are you kidding me? They're going to win by 30. This is ridiculous. They're not the, the Browns don't stand a chance in this game. They and and Jarvis Landry through 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 fuel onto their fire. Please, man. You're asked this is going to be an utter beatdown. I'll be surprised if it's not if it's not at least 17 points. If they had said 17 points, then I said, "All right, you know, I can see some garbage time points for Baker, maybe that." But I think now cuz now even Bill Belichick he's going to be like, "I'm going to be just the jerk that I know I can be and hold you up with everything that I can." Um like you, you saw how like how against the Jets, they're up, they're crushing them. They're, they're 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 it's a it's a shutout, and he's still trying to do false starts and delay games to to get better field position. And it's like, dude, just 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 kick the ball, just get rid of it. You guys won, it's over. They know they're beaten, they know they stink, and they're the Jets. You, he doesn't care, right? And he doesn't care. I don't think he's gonna care about the Browns. I think he's gonna run this score up. I actually have this score being forty-five to six. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be that bad. Tom Brady's gonna come in and be like, yeah, you guys doubted me, even though no one's ever doubted me.
1: Yeah, even though I was just that—I was just that guy coming out of college who nobody wanted, who nobody looked at Please, from the University of I,
2: Michigan. That's been so gone. Everyone calls this guy the greatest of all time. So you—if either you're the goat or you're not the goat. If, if you're not the goat, then okay, embrace that mentality. But everyone calls you the goat, and you ain't—you don't refute that. So until you do, I, I don't—I don't buy into your "no one believes in me" talk. But either way, I think the Patriots crushed these guys.
1: I said to stay away from double digit spreads but I've fallen in love with two of them this week the last one here Rams at home against the Bungles 13 point favorites yeah are the LA Rams yeah give me the Rams yeah the Bengals stink I think the Rams are rejuvenated now with Jalen Ramsey the Bengals are gonna have a hard time doing anything on offense yep the Rams win that game by 17.
2: I think that's fair. something
1: like that. Give the Rams minus 13. So a quick recap: I've got Maryland plus 16 at Minnesota. I've got Penn State minus five and a half at Michigan State. I've got Indy minus five hosting Denver. I've got the Bills minus two and a half against them Eagles. And the Rams minus thirteen against the Bungles.
2: And I've I've got Auburn plus eleven and a half at LSU. I've got Pitt hosting Miami minus five and a half. I've got the Bills hosting the Eagles minus two and a half. I've got the Seahawks going to the Falcons minus three. And I've got the Patriots hosting the Browns minus eleven.
1: That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to my guy, Chris Carter, for, for me, man. sitting in. You know it, buddy. If you're unfamiliar with Chris, if maybe you are just hearing him for the first time today, you can find him on Twitter at Carter Critiques. You can find his work dkpittsburghsports.com. We'll talk the yens on Monday when it'll be all eyes on Monday Night Football. Thanks for joining us and have a good weekend. You've been inside the Electric Factory on your
0: 24 7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio.